Um, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today uh, is, is developing a culture of trust in our community. Developing a culture of trust, uh, not just in our church, but in our small groups and in our relationships. And even when you guys are out there in your workplaces and when you're, you know, dealing with uh, your coworkers and your boss, uh, how, how to develop a culture of trust everywhere you go. Uh, Stephen R. Covey. Who knows Stephen R. Covey? Have you ever heard of Stephen R. Covey? He, yeah, Stephen R. Covey. He wrote Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. One of the, the books that I want to encourage all of you guys to read. I was forced to read it a long time ago uh, by, by my pastor. And I really enjoyed it. I read it actually again for a business class I took when I was finishing up school. Um, and, and it says, try, and he says in his book, trust is the glue of life. It's the most essential ingredient in, in effective communication. It's the foundational principle that holds all relationships together. Now his son, uh, Stephen M. R. Covey, so Stephen Covey, R. Covey had a son named Stephen M. R. Covey. He wrote a book called Speed of Trust. Uh, he kind of took after his dad and started writing books. Um, and, and these aren't Christian books per se, right? They're not, you know, I don't know, I don't really know if they're Christian or not, but the, um, but, um, you know, these are books that brought a lot of insight into my life. And in it, Stephen R. Covey's son, Stephen M. R. Covey writes, there is one thing that is common to every individual, relationship, family, organization, nation, economy, and civilization throughout the world. One thing which is, if removed, will destroy the most powerful government the most successful business, the most thriving economy, the most influential leadership, the greatest friendships, the strongest character, the deepest love. On the other hand, if developed and leveraged, that one thing has the potential to create unparalleled success and prosperity in every dimension of life. Yet it is the least understood, most neglected, and most underestimated possibility of our time. Uh, that one thing is trust. It undergirds and affects the quality of every relationship, every communication, every work. Actually, yeah. Oh, yeah, thank you. Every work uh, project, every business, every venture, every effort in which we are engaged. Um, trust is something that man cannot live without. We can't live without trust, right? If, if, if we can't trust, you know, and, and, and it's the first thing that we learn when we are born, right? When I had Ethan and Ezra, the, the first person that they learn, the first thing that they really learn as they're born is, is trust. They learn to trust you. A baby cries, right, instinctively because they know that if they cry, that they will be taken care of, right? And there's that trust is developed between parents and children, right? Uh, you think that babies cry, you know, and 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 uh, like you know when they whine and stuff like that. And and when you know when you first have kids, you feel like oh they're just being you know like annoying, you know. But at the heart, at the end of the day, what they're doing is they're trying to develop trust. They cry and whine so that they can so they can have a, a understanding that their parents will come to them and, and care for them, right? And when you look at um, you know, the, the relationships or, or kids, you know, I'm going to talk about it later, but I've, I've done work with orphanage kids that are born in orphanages or they're, they're, they're in Korea. They have the orphanage. They have the baby box. I don't know if you guys heard of the baby box, but this pastor in Seoul created um, a baby box because there are so many abortions that are happening. He created a little box in front of his church where, where mothers can bring their infant babies in to just kind of get to the church to take care of because they can't take care of herself. And, and, and thousands of babies have come in since this church um, has been doing this and other churches have been doing this and, and uh, thousands of kids are, are born and they, they end up in orphanages. And when, when we do orphanage work, we, we, one thing that we learn is that, you know, kids, they, the, the, because they didn't have that parental figure that they can cry and they'll take care of them. And, and the, the, the one thing that they don't have is trust. 
it's so hard for them to trust. And, and, and I'm going to talk about it later on, but that's something that we are in, instinctively born with and it's something that we're instinctively like taught and, and developed as infants. Right? We start to learn and we start to learn trust. Uh, it's something that man cannot live without. Trust opens us up to intimacy, connection. Uh, you know, I can confidently say that almost all marriages that end in divorce is due to a lack of trust. There's something about in, within that relationship they don't have a trust with each other, and so they learn they learn to not trust each other, but they learn to go off and learn, find other like forms of trust in other people, right? Uh, and and everyone wants trust, and everyone wants to be trusted. I don't know anybody that wants to not be trusted. I don't know anybody that that uh, like that like don't want doesn't want to trust, right? Even the hardest gangs. I, I grew up, you know, in LA, and I grew up with a lot of rough people. And as I have a lot of gangster friends, you know, I spent some time in doing you know bad things, and so you know, I, I've had all these like you know tough guys, right? All tatted up, you know, and they've been to prison and stuff like that. And and when you get to know them, their their motto is like, "Hey, trust no one," right? I they and they, it's hard for them to trust people, but when you really get to know them, and when you really get Get into their inner circle. You realize and you you understand how much trust is important to them. Even the the the, the worst criminal or even the, the the hardest gangster, right? When you really get to know them, that you realize how much trust is like important to them. And the people that they're close to, they're willing to die for each other, right? Because they have that trust. And when that trust is broken, that's when they get violent. That's when they get crazy, and that's when they go and do do bad things. But at the heart of every, you know, even the hardest criminal and the, even the hardest like gangbanger out there, they want trust and they want to be able to trust and they want to be trusted, right? It's something that's very precious to everyone. In your workplaces, your employer wants to trust you so that they don't have to worry about you, right? You know, you want to, they want to be able to, you know, like let you work at their company or their school or wherever and they want to be able to trust you that you will do the work that you're hired to do in, in the way that you're supposed to do it. In sports, right? Especially in like basketball and football and things like that, right? You know, if you, if somebody doesn't trust you, right, to be good, they won't pass to you. Just like me, right? Like, you know, like I suck at basketball, right? I don't know about cool, but I, I, I suck at basketball. Whenever I play, right, no one passes to me. Why? Right? Because they don't trust me to be able to score and that they're right in thinking that way, right? There, there is a, there is a need for trust in almost every area of our lives. You want to trust the banks that hold your money. You want to trust the schools that take care of your kids. You want to trust, like you know, your your nanny or your babysitter that comes and and, and takes care of you because it's something that we need in our lives. It's key. It's a key component of life. It's also something that can take a long time to build, but can be lost in an instant. Right. At, at, it's it's very hard to build trust, but it can it, you can lose it in an instant. It's like a, a deck, like a house of cards. Who's ever built a house of cards? Right? Anybody build a house of cards? Right? Like well, you know, I, I I used to work at this one hagwon, and and one of the activities that um, the the owner so the owner would do is he would give him a deck of cards, and like during like playtime, would tell him to build a, and he would kind of teach him, and he would build this like actually really big house of cards, and then it, and then always some kid would like sneeze, and then it would just fall down, right? Right, and that's like trust. Trust is so hard to build. It's so hard to like have with people, but it's so easy to lose. In an instant, you can lose trust. In a marriage that took years to build, right, one moment of infidelity can destroy the years 
that it took to build that trust. And then that marriage may never be the same again. And that's how important trust is. And that's how precious trust is. Right? It's something that, that we all need. And it's something that is so hard to create. But it's so, it's so easy to lose. And so uh, how are we to look at look at trust right now as a christian and as a believer right how are we to to trust right what is how are we to trust what are we to trust and if you ever do a word study in the hebrew um about the word trust right if you go through the old testament and look at all of the the word that the instances that the word trust is used you'll realize that the message is very clear our trust must first and foremost be in god Right. If you look at the Old Testament, every time that you see the word trust, almost like 90% of the times is talking about, right, like trusting in God, right? And the other time is talking about not trusting in man, right? And not trusting in other things, and it's trusting in God. Our trust must be in God from the beginning. We're established in trusting relationship with God. Once we come to know God and once we come to know Jesus Christ, the first thing that brings us into the covenant community of God, first thing that brings us into a relationship with God is trust, right? Proverbs 3, 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. Psalm 56, 3 to 4 says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose words I, were, in word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? Um, as a matter of fact, the Bible clearly tells us to not trust in man. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 6 says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in the, in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. Psalm 163, verse 3. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. It is perfectly clear that when we read the word of God, we're supposed to trust in the Lord. Like, man can't save us. Man can't give us security, money, wealth. None of those things can really give us the kind of security, the eternal security that we want, we need, and it, it always, it only can start when we put our trust in the Lord. Our underlying foundation of trust must be in the Lord. Right? That's, that's like the, the first. What did Jesus tell us? Right? The greatest commandment. It said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Right? And so that's basically trusting in the Lord. To love the Lord is to trust the Lord. And then the second is like it, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, with that said, how are we to be with each other? How are we to trust one another? Right? Um, there are verses in the Old Testament that tell us not to trust in our neighbors. Right? Uh, there's another one from Jeremiah. Jeremiah 9.4. It says, Let any, everyone beware of his neighbors and put no trust in any brother, for every brother is a deceiver and every neighbor goes about as a slanderer. Right? Now that's a, you know, like a, I'm misquoting that, but this is what the Bible says about trusting in, in man and people. Put no trust in a neighbor, have no confidence in a friend, guard the doors of your mouth from her who lies in your arm, for the son treats the father with contempt, the daughter rises up against her mother, the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, a man's enemies are the men of his own house. So, and once again, the Bible tells us when it comes to trusting, it, it, it needs to start from the Lord, and it cannot, we cannot put our trust in man. So how are we to deal with each other? We are, you know, it says, are we to not trust in anybody? Right? Like, don't trust no one. Right? Everyone is, everyone is filled with the devil, and you know, don't trust anyone. Like, 
you know, like, you know, what needs to be our position when it comes to trusting one another, trusting in people. And I believe that we are to trust God first and foremost, and through a trust in the Lord as our foundation, we are called to live a life of trust, right? Of developing trust around us, right? Um, giving trust and receiving trust, being trusted and trusting in other people. Right? I believe that that whenever the Bible says don't trust in man, it's not necessarily telling us to not trust our neighbor, and you know, but it's basically trusting our trust must first and foremost be in God, and from a relationship of trust in God, we are supposed to be filled with the Spirit of God, and we go out and develop trust around us. Right? We develop a, a culture of trust. Um, a life of trust around us. Uh, we're not called to live a life of suspicion, mistrusting in our fellow man, being wary and skeptical of everyone that we meet. As a matter of fact, according to the gospel, we are to be inviting everyone. Right? The Bible tells us what? It says, show hospitality. Right? Well, how do we show hospitality? How do I invite people into my house if I don't trust anybody? Right? So when we read the Bible, especially when we read the gospel, there is this, there is this thing that we are supposed to live out and it is for us to learn to trust people and have people trust us and to develop a culture of trust. Show hospitality, right? Bear one another's burdens, right? Love one another. Jesus was a man of trust. His trust was first and foremost in the Father and through his trust in the Father, right, he was able to open and, 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 and be trusting with people around him. He ate with prostitutes and tax collectors, right? These were really like, like the lowest form of humanity in the Jewish culture, and yet he, he trusted them, right? Jesus passed through the town. Zacchaeus was a short man, and you guys know the song, right? A short man, and he's a tax collector. He's actually was like one of the head tax collectors, and he hears about Jesus. He climbs a sycamore tree. He sees Jesus, and then Jesus points to him and says, Zacchaeus, right? He's like, I, like, come down. I'm gonna go eat at your house today. Right. I'm going to go to your house and I'm going to develop a relationship with you. Basically say, I'm going to trust you. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to extend trust to you and I want to see what happens. And tax collectors, I talked about it last week. Tax collectors were considered the lowest of the lowest in the Jewish, in, in Jewish society. They were considered one of the most sinful people that you could be back then. Jesus says in Matthew 18, 17 about basically a, a non-repentant believer. It says, if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Right? That's like he's like like like, like treat them like the lowest of the low. And basically, the tax collector is 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 below you know even pagans and things like that. Like Jesus, even Jesus says this with his words. And yet Jesus chooses Zacchaeus. He chooses connection with him. He chooses to trust him. And then what happens? Zacchaeus repents. Right. And, and, and he says, you know, like, you know, like, like he says he's going to give like half of what I earn to the poor. And if he wronged everybody, he will pay them back fourfold. Right. You see this heart of repentance come to Zacchaeus. But where did that start? How did that develop? It, de- it developed with Jesus extending trust. Saying, Jesus, he's saying, Zacchaeus, I trust you. I'm going to go to your house. I'm going to eat with you. Right. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to make this connection with you. And then we see Zacchaeus, he repents, and he comes to the Lord. And as a church, we must develop a culture of trust. As believers, we must learn to develop a culture of trust. We must develop a culture of trust because by doing so, the unchurched will be able to trust us. 
Right? Because trust will only, trust will open the doors to relationship. Trust will open the, the way for intimacy. If we want to, you know, point Jesus to people, if we want to, if we want to communicate the love of Jesus Christ to people, right, non-Christians, they're going to have to at one point trust us. Right. We're not going to be able to tell us what we believe, tell them what we believe if they don't trust us. Right. Have you ever tried to communicate something to somebody that doesn't trust you? Right. Just things just go right over their heads, right? Right. Like, like, no, they just, they don't listen to you. They, they can't make a connection with you. They don't believe a word that comes out of your mouth. Well, how are we going to reach the lost? How are we going to do, commit, uh, fulfill the Great Commission? How are we going to reach out to the lost people out there if we as a church, is, we don't know how to build a culture of trust? You can't expect people to trust Jesus if they don't trust you. Right? Now, notice I'm saying we need to develop a culture of trust. I'm not telling you like you guys need to be more trusting, right? Because that, that really doesn't work, right? Have you ever heard somebody say, trust me? Right? Do you trust that person? No. <laughs> like if everybody, when somebody says, "Come on," like what says something is a trust me, I know. Most likely, that's the opposite thing that's going through your mind, right? We can't tell people to trust us, right? We can't demand people to trust us. We can't demand the lost people out there, like, "Hey, come on, I know more than you. Trust us," right? That's not how this works. But we have to develop a culture of trust. Right, where we lead people into a place of trust, and and let and we tell you it's not easy. Right? Developing trust is not easy. Today I don't stand before you telling you to trust me, you know, but I, I want to invite you into this movement or into this heart of us learning to develop a culture of trust in our community, in our lives, in our relationships outside the church, in our relationships at work. Learn to develop a culture of trust. And trust is, in essence, a mutual thing. It's a communal thing. You can't trust alone. Right? You can't. Right? Well, you can trust yourself. That's, that's about it. But you know, you can't really have trust without being in community. Well, that's what the church is. That's what the body of Christ is. body of Christ is, in essence, it's a community of God. And we'll do our best to build up that trust, but you also need to allow yourself to be moved into a place where you learn to trust. Right? Right? In, within this church context, like I can tell you trust us, and I can try to develop a culture of trust with you guys, but at the end of the day, you guys also need to learn to trust. Nothing will happen you know, by you just sitting there and saying, make me trust you. But I want to invite you guys to help develop a culture of trust in this community, in this church, in your life, and and, and then around you. Right? Now, the number one key in developing a culture of trust, I talked about it before, we have to trust in God first, right? If you want to develop the kind of trust that we want for this community, it must first start with us trusting in God first and foremost. Right? You as a congregation, you have to know that trust in the Lord is a foundational for your faith. The trust that God wants to develop in the church, it's impossible without trusting in Him first. You have to first learn to trust in God first. Right? We trust in God and then family, and then it, 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 more than family, more than money, more than anything that we have out there, we learn to trust in God first. More than your job, more than your education, more than anything that's out there. You have to learn to trust in God first. 
Right? It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Right? So, that's where it starts. You have to first trust in Him. And it starts from that place where it says, I, in Psalm 56, 11, it says, I trust God. God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Right? What can man do to me? And when we learn to trust in God first, right? Like we, we are able to be vulnerable, right? When we learn to trust in God foremost, when we get our validation, when we get our acceptance, when we get our love, when we get just, just our identity from God and who He is, we're actually able to open ourselves out to the people around us because we are, we're able to make ourselves vulnerable because we're already getting the thing, the validation that we need and, and the acceptance and the love and the, the, and the, and the, Everything that we get, we don't get it from the world. We don't get it from people out in the world. We get it from God first. And so that opens us up to vulnerability, opens us up to, to reach out and, and, and trust and, and, and to be trusted. Right? Now, before I go on, I want to give you guys some things that will kill trust, right? Before I go on to how to talk about how to develop trust, these are the things that we really need to kind of fight and we really need to kind of stay away from and we really need to kind of to to keep at bay for us to be able to develop a culture of trust in our lives right and the first thing is fear fear is trust is a trust killer right when there's fear there's very little opportunity to develop a culture of trust right whether it's people acting in fear people using fear Right? Or there's trauma in someone's life that brings up fear. It will always stand in the way of trust. Right? I've known a lot of people throughout my years in ministry. I've met many people um, that have been abused by men, that have been hurt and assaulted and even raped by men. And it creates a fear of men. Right? And I met a lot of women. I've talked with them. And they have this like just intense fear of men, of getting any kind of intimate, like developing any kind of relationship with men because of trauma and the hurt and the, just the pain that they've received from, from, uh, from men. And, and there's that fear. And that fear will ultimately just kill and, and remove any kind of trust that they can have. Right? So fear is... Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a trust killer. I, I talked about it earlier, you know, when I first came to Korea, my, my cousin, right, is from New York, he was, um, he was working at an orphanage. He developed the orphanage ministry that's up in Seoul. He was like the vice president, um, of, of Jerusalem ministry when it first developed. He was one of the founding members and he was living at an orphanage and I ended up uh, getting an apartment like very near the orphanage and I would hang out with him a lot and I would go to the orphanage and I would start to like, you know, like, you know, try to develop relationship with these orphanage kids. And I remember the first time I went there, they were so mean to me, right? I've never been humiliated by like a seven-year-old, but I went, I went there and my Korean wasn't that good. And I start, I tried to talk to him and they straight up made fun of me. They were like, they made, they said something and he made all of the other orphanage kids laugh and they're all like pointing at me like, ha 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 And I was just sitting there like, what the heck happened, right? Like, why are they being so mean to me, right? And then, but then my, my cousin, they loved my cousin because he was living there with them. He learned, he was there for like almost a year. He learned to develop a relationship. They began to trust in him, right? And so they were really nice to him. They loved him. Whenever I come around, they'd make fun of me. And it took me almost six months for me to get any kind of a relationship where they would actually, when I come up to them, they would come up to me and say, hey, what's up? How are you doing? Right? 
And I would tell them like, hey, let's all go and get some snacks together and they'd actually follow me. It took six, seven months to develop that kind of relationship because the first thing that they have, they have trauma, right? They, they grew up without a mom and a dad and, 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 and a lot of them, they grew up, they have a mom and dad, right? They, they, they would tell me like, yeah, I have a mom. I, I have a mom. She just, I just don't live with her because, you know, she, she got married to another man and he didn't want me around. And so I live here and then my mom lives with her husband and their new kid, right? That broke my heart, right? Imagine that happens to you when you're four or five years old, right? You can't even trust your mom, right? And all of a sudden this guy comes around and saying, trust me. That's the last thing that they're going to learn how to do. Fear will kill trust, right? Fear will kill trust, right? It's one of those things. If you have fear in your heart, you're not going to be able to trust, right? And that's why in the Bible it says love casts, love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear, right? In order for us to truly have connection and, and, and trust and love, right? Uh, and we need to, that fear needs to be cast out, right? And number two, another thing that will kill, kill trust is gossip. Gossip is also a trust killer. The moment that you find out someone gossiped about you, bam, trust is gone, right? And it's almost comical what every evangelical church is, how it's depicted in, in, in Hollywood and in the movies and TV shows. The running theme that gets exploited is that theme of a gossiping church lady. And everybody talks about it. It's like, oh, you know, what'd you see? Deacon, blah, 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 do that. Right? But, but, you know, it's, it's comical, but it's actually, there's a, a little bit of truth to it, right? Because I remember going up in the church, my mom was a Christian, and I would see like her and her friends, like other deaconesses hang out, and they'd be gossiping about each other all the time, right? And at the end of the day, gossip is a trust killer, right? There's a stand, there's a guy, Stan, um, uh, Stanley, Andy Stanley's podcast, and it says, he has a definition of gossip, right? And it says, gossip is when you talk negative, negative about something or someone and you're doing it with someone that is not part of the solution, right? That's a great definition, right? It says, when you talk negatively about something or someone and you're doing it with someone that is not part of the solution, right? And so say, you know, like, like, you know, you know, Mina, you know, did something really bad and then instead of me going to my wife and saying hey can you can you do this differently is if I go to like someone someone I go to Paul I'd be like man my wife she, there's no way that Paul can like do anything to reconcile this relationship I'm going to the wrong then that's what gossip is right and gossip if left unchecked and in any environment will wreak havoc on trust right? you can't have trust when there's gossip right and the third thing that will kill trust is deception. Deception will kill trust. If I told Mina I was going to go play basketball, right, and then I go off and they have like a lunch date with this young woman, right, and she finds out, that will kill trust. Right? And she'll know right away because I don't play no basketball, right? Deception will kill trust. And not just deception that people will tell you and, and, and talk about, or the deception that comes from like, you know, us lying and doing things like that, but deception that comes from the lies of the enemy. If you start to believe the lies of the enemy, right, you, you're, 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 everything's fine, and then one day you like, like, say like, uh, you know, I come to church and one day you come up to me and you're about to say hi to me and I just kind of ignore you and I go on to the next person, and then like the deception, the deception of the enemy gets thrown in your mind. Caleb hates me. Right? 
Caleb thinks blah blah blah, and all of a sudden you have this like you know deceptive worm that's going through your mind, and then it's telling you like, hey, right, your pastor doesn't like you, your pastor doesn't, he, he you know he doesn't want to you know spend any time with you, and all of a sudden that lie and that deception will ultimately kill trust in your heart. We have to navigate these things that get in the way of developing trust. We have to fight it. We have to fight fear. We have to confront gossip. And we have to fight off deception, right? And we have to fight off deception and not being deceptive, but also not, not believing in the lies, not believing in the deception of the enemy. And there are so many other things that will get in the way and hinder trust from, from developing. And we have to learn to fight those things. We have to learn to, to develop a culture that fights to, 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 to remove and, and, and kill these things in our lives so that we can develop a culture, of, a culture of trust. Now, how do we develop a culture of trust, right? What can we do as individuals to develop a culture of trust in our church, in our family, in our workplaces? And I believe that in order to develop a culture of trust, we all need to be more trustworthy. There's no life hack to it, right? You have to be, learn to be trustworthy. In order to create trust, we have to be trustworthy. All of us, right? You know, me and Mina and like the leaders and the members of this church, all of us need to be more trustworthy. You know, in, in Korea, there's this, there's used to be this mentality with older people that said that if you're good looking, you can be trusted, right? I remember my grandfather, like I, I lived with my grandfather in LA for the longest time and I would bring like a friend over and he would say, oh, he's good looking. Yeah, you could you let him come over and you can play at our house, right? Like there used to be this mindset, in, in Korean mindset that if you're good looking, like you could be trusted, right? And that kind of still continues on today because Korea, conti- Korea continue, continues to be so image focused, right? Like they, they just, you know, like, like, you know, you go to like a, you go to like, you know, on a, on a, on a, on a, a flight to America and Korean Air, you're going to notice that all of the stewardesses and the flight attendants are super good looking, right? Why? Because that kind of like creates like a culture of, of trust. Like they're good looking. Uh, they can, you can kind of depend on them. They, you know, like, like it, it, that's kind of the, the mindset of Korea that's existed for a long time, right? Um, you know, common interest doesn't build trust, right? Personality doesn't build trust. Temperament, and sense of humor, none of that can build trust. Right? You could be the funniest guy, right? You know, if you don't, if you don't learn to be trustworthy, you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be able to build trust. Right? The number one and foremost important thing, right, that 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 in developing trust is to learn to trust God and then to learn to be trustworthy. Right? In order to create trust, you must be first trustworthy. Another thing is integrity. And I'm going to go through a list. Um, you know, do what you say you will do. Let your yeses be yes and your noes be noes. Be honest. Be, have integrity, right? You know, make sure that integrity is a, is a priority in your life, right? It's, it's, you know, some, these days integrity is, isn't a word that's not talked about much, but we have to learn to have integrity in our lives. Let your yeses be yes. If somebody says, hey, you want to come and hang out? Just, if you don't want to, just say no. Don't say maybe, and then just like, when they call you, be like, oh, you know, like, I'm kind of tired. Then just learn to say no. And then if you say yes, make sure you follow up on that promise that you made. But these are the things that we need to learn to, 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 to develop trust, trust in our life. Learn, learn integrity. Be a person of integrity. Be faithful. 
Right? Be faithful in the small things, right? You know the the talents, the the parable of the talents and the and the miners that are in the gospel. Jesus talks says this parable in like there's there's master that leaves like these talents or these miners with their servants, right? Some gives them one talent, some two, some five, and then he goes off and it comes back, right? And and what the point of that you know that parable, right, is for us to be faithful with what we're entrusted. Be faithful in the small things that God entrusts into your life, right? And so if you're at your work, right, learn to be faithful in your work. Don't try to slack off, right? Don't be somebody that, that, you know, like does, you know, the bare minimum that you can do, but be the person that does, goes above and beyond in your work. Like learn to be integrity, in, integrous? Is that a word? Have integrity and learn to be faithful in the small things of your life, right? Because that's that's where that's where trust gets developed, right? I remember I used to work um, I used to work at a hagwon when I first came to Korea, and and uh, you know like I, I, and and when I when I first got hired, I got hired by this lady, and she really trusted me, and she knew that I was a pastor. Right now, that back then I was I was a pastor, I was a lay pastor, I was basically doing church, you know, and not getting paid by the church. I was just I worked at a restaurant for a while, and then I worked uh, I worked at this hagwon. And I remember, you know, I really valued my job. And so I, you know, I, I did my best. And then she would, she would be like, you know, she would, she would actually give me more work because I, I was like doing so well, right? And at first I felt like, you know, you know, like kind of like, you know, whatever, like why is she giving more work? But I, but I learned to realize that like being trusted by my employer actually, you know, is it, it really helpful. And at, and like there, there would be times where she couldn't pay people on time. And then, and she would always end up paying me first no matter what. Like, you know, she would like buy me things. She would like let me like, you know. And at the end of the day, our, our heart and our, our and, and the, the goal in our lives and in our workplaces is for us to be faithful in, in the small things, right? You know, and another thing is we need to learn to be quick to forgive. Jesus tells us to forgive not just seven times, but 77 times. That doesn't mean we, we you know, like only forgive 77 times. But it means that we, we forgive and we forgive quickly. We, for, we learn to forgive and we, we learn to live a life of forgiveness, right? And, and if we've done something wrong to somebody, we go and ask forgiveness of that person quickly, right? We make amends. We humble ourselves, right? Matthew 5.23. So if, if you're offering your gift at the altar and they're there, remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift, right? And one way that we can develop trust is if you, if you're, if you're wronged by someone, learn to forgive quickly, right? I'm not telling you just to like, you know, be a doormat, but like, you know, when, when you've kind of dealt with it and then, you, and then you can process it and then you get to a place, you know, learn to forgive. Or, and if you've wronged somebody, be quick to ask for forgiveness. That's the first, that's something that we teach our kids like, like regularly, right? First to forgive. But we, we, we teach them to ask for forgiveness, right? I remember growing up as, as a Korean American kid, my parents never said sorry to me, ever, right? Who's, who's, parent, who, who has parents that said sorry to you? Any of you guys in here? Yes, right? I've never heard the word sorry from my parents, right? Even when they know that they've done something wrong, they refuse to apologize, right? Or ask for forgiveness, right? So I, the, me and Mina, we want to break that off. You know, like generationally, and so one thing that I do is when when I do something wrong to the kids, say I, I like blow up at them or something, or they do something wrong and I get kind of angry. I, at the end of the day, I always ask, "Hey, I'm sorry," 
And I'm, I'm very quick to apologize, and I'm always like, "Can you forgive me?" Right? And we're trying to teach that to teach that to them at a young age. So when Ethan does something wrong to Ezra, right, we always ask him, like, "Hey, what are you supposed to do?" He's like, "Oh, I'm supposed to ask for forgiveness." Right? But but this is how we develop a culture of trust. Jesus is a ministry, and he gave it to us as a ministry of reconciliation. And in all situations, the heart of God is for reconciliation. With Jesus, there can be true reconciliation. And another thing is consistency. Learn to be consistent. Don't, you know, learn to be consistent with your relationship. Learn to be consistent uh, in, in, in your workplace. Learn to be consistent in church. You know, like attend church regularly. <laughs> or, or, or be, be consistent. Uh, competence is another thing, right? I learn to be competent, right? I'm not telling you like you gotta go and learn everything out there, but you know, at your workplaces, be competent in your work. And if you, if you don't know something, learn. You know, like excel. Try to learn so that you can excel in the things that you're doing. Transparency. You know, you get what you see. You know, you're not hiding anything. You're being transparent with people. Vulnerability is another thing. You have to be learned to be vulnerable. You can't always be closed off, right? You can't always like let no one in, right? But you have to learn to be vulnerable. And that vulnerability comes from us, like uh, having a relationship with God and knowing that I'm accepted by Him and that, that He loves me, that He cares for me. My, my acceptance and my value and everything comes from Him. I can learn to be vulnerable with people. Right? You know, like, like, as a, as a Christian, we need to be the first to really be vulnerable with people around us. Uh, other things I'm just gonna name them off is respect. Learn to respect people. Be genuine with people. Resp- take res- responsibility for your actions. Learn to communicate in a positive way, in a proper way. Value relationship over function. Uh, that's another thing. Value relationship over function. That's something that I've learned recently. You know, I used to, you know, our, our church used to be run in a way where it was a function before relationship, right? And like, we, we like you because you can do this. But we, but we want to have relationship over function. You know, speak the truth in love. Not always what people want to hear, but, but learn to trust, you know, develop that trust so that you can speak to somebody in love. I remember when I, when I was, before I got married, before I was dating, I like, I liked somebody else. I liked this girl. I asked her out. We went on five dates. She dumped me, right? I was depressed for like a long time, right? And then, uh, I started hanging out with all these young girls in our church that live right next to my house. I used to live in this part of Seoul and, you know, live in this apartment and all these girls from our church, like they're like, you know, like 10 years younger than me. They all hung out. We all hung out together because we all lived in this same area and we would always, they'd always come over to our apartment. It'd be like 15 people in there and we'd be playing like, you know, Guitar Hero and stuff like that. And I remember John Michael, he was my, my mentor at the time. He set me aside one day and he said, Hey, I know that you're having fun and you're getting to know these people and you're enjoying their company, but you need to kind of like stay away from them on account of your bachelorhood, right? And I had no idea what that meant. I had no idea what it meant to be, you know, like, like, you know, uh, to care about my bachelorhood, but he's like, hey, like, like, you're not gonna be able to find a wife if you're like, you know, messing around, hanging out with all these young girls, right? And so I took his advice and I like, kinda like pulled away and I stopped hanging out with them, started hanging out with more of the brothers, and then soon after that, we, me and Mina started the date, right? And he spoke to me, he spoke the truth and love to me. He's like, hey, like, I know, I know you and I'm not trying to like, you know, rain on your parade, but like, I wanna speak the truth and love. And we need to be able to do that to develop trust in our lives. Right. Don't do anything for selfish ambition. Have the right motives. Don't have an agenda. And, and, and another thing is time. Learn to develop and invest time in people. Right. 
That's very important. Time is a commodity, and sometimes we're so selfish with our time. We're so selfish with like the way that we use our time, but if we want to develop a culture of trust, we need to be able to, 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 to give time to people and spend time with people and, and, and not be so, um, you know, stingy with our time. Now, all of that, you know, there are things that we can do to develop a culture of trust in our lives, but this is the, 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 the most important thing that we need to consider is, is that, you know, it all starts from love. It must all be, like, the reason why we are doing all of this must flow from love, right? Um, you know, Galatians 5.14, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, right? 1 Corinthians 3, uh, 13, 4, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, it does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, keeps no record of wrong, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, it always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres, right? And so when we are developing a, a, a culture of trust and we're trying to be transparent, we're trying to be vulnerable, you know, we're trying to be respectful and, and genuine, and, and who, but the source of that, the, the driving source of that must be rooted in love. We can't trust by, by being driven. We, we, we can only develop trust by being led in love, choosing love, right? It says in, ver, in, in verse 13 of 1 Corinthians 13, and now these three remains, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Right? The world has this way of developing trust, right? The world says, you know, if you guys, you know, you guys graduated from the same college, or you guys were in the same fraternity, or if you guys had the same, like, you know, like, hobbies, you know, and you guys, like, you know, you, and you guys go and have a drink, and you party, and you party the right way, you can trust each other, right? That's how we, I grew up, like, we, I'd go to a party, and we'd be like, hey, what's up, and we party, and we get drunk, and like, we experience life together, and all of a sudden, I feel like I could trust this person. The world has this definition of how to develop trust, but the Word of God tells us that trust, right, it, it, it is rooted in love, and it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.3, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Right? If you want to develop trust, we have to be like Jesus. We must be led in love. And this is for all of us, right? We all need to be led in love. We all need to be, de be developing trust from a place of love. Now, one of the things that I want to keep, I want you guys to keep in mind is that, you know, we're not supposed to blindly trust, right? We trust and we have to have discernment in how we trust, right? We as believers need to be discerning. We can't just trust anything or anyone. You can't go to a tarot card reader, right? You can't trust someone that's just trying to exploit you and, 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 and manipulate you. You can't like, you know, when somebody comes to you and they, they, you, you know that, you know, they're, they're trying to manipulate you, right? AJ, can you kind of, thanks, right? You, you, you can't just like, you know, end up just trusting anyone. You have to be discerning in how we trust. We must be led by the Spirit of God. Well, how do we do that? Right? How are we to be led in love? How are we to be discerning? Right? And discernment comes from a relationship with the Holy Spirit. There's no way around that, right? Our discernment comes from hearing the voice of God, learning what He sounds like, and then starting to, to, to be led by the voice of God. 
And that's discernment. And we can only do that by being in God's presence, worshiping Him, learning to be, learning to like develop that relationship with Jesus Christ so that, so that we are able to, to hear Him when He tells us, hey, I want you to go and talk to this person so that you can like, you know, like this person is struggling with this. I want you to go and talk with them and, 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 and you're being led by the Spirit. You're able to develop a relationship. You're able to develop trust with that person. Right. We, we need to be discerning. When I say develop a culture of trust, I'm not telling you to just go and trust anybody that you meet out in the streets. A lot of people are out to get you. There's you know, there's wolves in sheep's clothing. There's a lot of bad things that can happen. So I'm not telling you to just go trust anybody. You need to be discerning and that discernment can only come from a relationship with Jesus Christ, being in the presence of the Holy Spirit, hearing what He has to say and learning to hear His voice. It says in John, my sheep know me and they know my voice. We have to know the voice of God. We have to be able to hear the voice of God. And we have to be able to discern the voice of God. I want to challenge you, all of you today, to help develop, start to develop a a culture of trust in your life. Develop a culture of trust with the relationships that you have out there. Learn to develop that culture of trust. Right. Learn to, to be consistent and competent and transparent and have integrity and have faithfulness. Be faithful in, in those things. Being led by love. Start to develop a culture of trust in your life. Right. Now I'm going to close with this last thing. And, 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 and it's what do we do when we've lost trust? With everything I've said today, we're all not perfect at this. And I'm not, you know, I'm not perfect at this. And some of you guys might have lost, lost trust. Some of you guys might have been hurt by the church. Some of you guys might have been in the church. You know, my, my brother-in-law, we had, we, we had a talk with him. You know, he came, uh, is Emmy, Mina's sister's bud, husband, Victor, and, and we were talking and then he was really hurt by the church, right? And I heard him, I was like, dang, like, like, like what they did to him was really dirty, right? He, 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 he was, he, he was really involved in the church and at one point the church really hurt him, right? And, and, and I, I, I was trying to say, like, how do we, how do we get out of that? How do we learn to trust when we've lost trust, right? What do we do? Now, I don't have a perfect answer for this because building trust after you lost it is very difficult, right? Building trust after you lost it is one, can be one of the hardest things that you can do, right? And God isn't telling you to never trust again. And the answer isn't to never trust again. Um, you know, the world will say never trust again, right? There's that saying in, in, in the world that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on me, fool me twice, twice, shame on you, something like that. Um, there's a quote, and I read this before, it says, I am, I am a good enough person to forgive you, but not stupid enough to trust you again. <laughs> it's, it's something that I, that I read on the internet, uh, and, you know, it says, life is full of fake people, trust no one, right? That's like what the voice of the world is telling us when we, when we've lost trust. That's, that's what the world is telling us. But I believe that God wants us to trust again. If you've been hurt by someone, if you've been hurt in a relationship, the answer is to never trust. But, but it's to learn to trust God first. And to, and to from that relationship, find healing in your relationship with God. And then from there, we have to learn to trust again. God wants us to trust because without it, we can't have intimacy in the body of Christ. You know, and that's what He died for. He died for the intimacy and connection within the body of Christ. Jesus, right? Right. If if Jesus was like like a like a truly like like you know fleshly like us, and we nailed him to a cross, man, he he'd be like, dude, 
What's your name, Caleb? Oh, you're you're not in my book, right? You know, like like if Jesus was never trusted again, we'd all be you know, we'd all be in trouble. But what did he do? He forgave us, and he continues to trust us. Not only that, he gives us the keys of the kingdom. He says, you know, you nail me to a cross. I'm gonna die on the cross for your sins. I'm gonna forgive you, and not only that, I'm gonna give you the keys of the kingdom. I'm gonna have you. Right, do my work that's upon this earth. I'm gonna trust you, right, to do, to the, to, do my work and, and expand my kingdom and bring people into, into, you know, my kingdom through the work that you're gonna do. I'm gonna trust you to do that. And so God is telling us to, it's not to never trust again, but we have to learn to trust. We are called to first forgive, right? To forgive one another. I talked about it earlier. And if somebody has wronged us, quickly ask for forgiveness. If you've been hurt by the church, you know, you can go through your steps. You can learn to process. You can learn to let go and you can learn to forgive people. And from that place of forgiveness, you can learn to trust again in, in, in the people in communities, right? From that place, we, we move forward to building trust. This might be with a church. This might be with a friend, a family member. And know that building trust with each, we each have a part in it, right? We can't just expect people to, to, you know, just trust us, but we also need to learn to be trustworthy. And for some of you have, may have, you know, lost trust in the church. The past history might have been really hurt by the church. And I want to tell you again, my heart and Mina's heart and the heart of the leaders of the church, right, is to help you through those processes, help you process through your pain, you know, help you to get to a place of forgiveness and help you to learn to trust people again. Move forward in building trust. We have to move towards vulnerability. And vulnerability is going to be another sermon I preach um, in the near future, but I believe it's another aspect of developing a culture of trust and, and intimacy in the body of Christ. But when we've been hurt by the church, when we've been hurt, and when we've, when somebody has gossiped about us, and, and we are hurt, right? The Bible tells us we're not supposed to remain in a place of unforgiveness. Right? It's all over the Bible. It tells us, right? It, it basically says, like, you know, if you don't forgive that person, God's not going to forgive you. Right? Doesn't mean that you know, like, if you're a Christian and you know, you, it's hard for you to forgive that you're going to go to hell. No, it basically is. You're not going to have that right relationship with God unless we forgiven the people around us. A lot of people think if we can't forgive somebody that we're going to go to hell. That's not really how you're supposed to interpret that. Ultimately, right, if it's hard for us to forgive somebody, it's going to be hard for us to have true intimacy with God. Right? So we have to learn to forgive. We have to learn to ask for forgiveness. We have to learn to, to open up and be vulnerable with the people around us. Move towards building trust. Move towards vulnerability. Because without it, we can't be the radiant bride that God has called us to be. If we want to be the church that God has called us to be, if you want to be a believer, right? If you want to be the kind of believer that God, like, He's saying, like, man, like, you're, you're, you're walking in my presence and, and, and you're, 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 you know, like, if you want to be in that place where you're right with God and you're looking, you have to learn to, to be able to trust. You have to trust God and you have to learn to trust people around you. And it comes from that place of vulnerability. We have to develop a culture of trust. I want to encourage you guys today. Right? Right? If you've been hurt and you, it's hard for you to trust, right? you know, walk, walk out those steps. Ask for prayer. 
talk with people. Come talk with me. Talk with Mina. Right. You know, learn to be able to process your hurt, but be able to let go, forgive, and then get to a place where you can start to trust people again. Because only when you're trust will you be able to find the kind of relationship and the community and, and like the love and the acceptance that the body of Christ was meant to be. Let's all stand up. I'll close us with prayer. And, and I want to pray for you guys real quickly. You know, if any of you guys are here, and you guys don't have to raise your hand or anything, I'm just going to pray for you. That, that you guys have had in recent years or in the past, you've lost trust with people. If, if, if somebody like stabbed you in the back, I remember in college, somebody kind of stabbed me in the back, right? And, and I, it really hard, it was really hard for me to trust people, right? And I was only able to trust in just like a small group of people that were really intimate to me, right? And I wasn't able to like go to church back then because, you know, these people had heard me. I remember it was really hard, but if, if you're in one of those situations where you've been hurt by somebody, if somebody has hurt you, if somebody has stabbed you in the back, if somebody has done something for you to break trust with them, and, and you're having a hard, and trusting someone is really hard for you. I want to pray for you guys. I want to pray that the spirit of forgiveness, the spirit of repentance, the spirit of love, the whole Holy Spirit will come upon you. And, and, and that, that God will be able to heal those wounds. God will be able to heal, um, your heart and for you to be able to heal again. So Lord, I pray for just everybody here. Lord, help us to be able to be people that develop a culture of trust around us may we be trustworthy people may we learn to be trustworthy may we learn to trust in you first and foremost above all else may our trust our definition and our understanding of trust be in you and you alone may we look to you for trust and and acceptance and identity and everything that we are may it flow from our relationship and our trust in you and from that lord help us to develop a culture of trust in and around us may we be trustworthy people may we be faithful people may we be lord just uh consistent and competent and transparent and vulnerable and respectful and in all the ways may we be able to develop a culture of trust in our lives god and if we have been hurt if people have hurt us if the church has hurt us, if we've been in relationships and they've hurt us, and it's hard for us to trust again, I pray for those people right now. But may you come and may your spirit bring healing into their souls. May your spirit bring healing into their heart. May they be able to find that healing from you. And from that place, as they forgive, I pray that you help them to be able to trust and to develop that culture of trust around them. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, that not only can we trust you, Lord, but Lord, you say that you trust us. You trust us and you give us the keys to the kingdom. You tell us that you want to, you want to, uh, come, you want to, uh, uh, be with us and you want to take part with us, Lord. You want to walk and run with us as we advance your kingdom upon this earth, Lord. And so, Lord, we thank you and we thank you for trust. We thank you that we can trust you above all else. We give you all the glory, honor, and the praise. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace as you go forth developing a culture of trust in your life, in your relationship, and especially with God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.